Hi, this is Sarah O'Connell. And this is Jonah Trebowasser. And welcome back to another edition of Radio Rotary, made possible by Rotary District 7210. Each week we chat with your neighbors about great things happening in your community and around the world. People living by Rotary's motto of service above self. And today, Jonah, our special guest is Joe Halsam, discussing her experience of living with the effects of polio. Welcome, Joe. Thank you for having me. This is very thematic because for our listeners who may or may not know, Polio and the eradication of it worldwide is the number one rotary initiative and priority. This is true. And, you know, um, you ladies are younger than springtime, but I remember the first polio scares uh, when I was a young boy and uh, people didn't want to send their kids to pools or to movie theaters, any place where there was going to be a lot of... Uh, kids congregating because they were afraid that polio was uh, so catching. And then there was the miracle of the Salk and Sabin vaccines. But we'll get into that a little bit later. But first, let's say good morning to Joe Hausman. Joe, good morning. Good morning. And um, tell us about your history with polio. First of all, tell us what polio, for people who don't know, and fortunately a lot of Americans don't know what it is because it's been eradicated. Tell us what is polio? Okay, polio is a virus, okay, in the same way that the flu is a virus. Mm -hmm. And um, this particular virus damages the, um, well, it enters and affects the spinal cord. And um, in the end, it damages what are called motor nerves. You have two kinds of nerves. You have the sensory nerves and the motor nerves. And this one attacks the motor nerves, which gives the message messages to the muscles, which enable you to move. And when people contract polio, it it's as though the virus goes through the whole body, but certain nerves are damaged more than others. And the ones that are really damaged in a, in a big way um, ne- don't recover. They're dead, basically. And that's when you're paralyzed, and that's what causes the paralysis, and it usually affects the ex- extremities, the arms, and the legs. What are some of the symptoms, <clears throat> out of curiosity? What were some of the symptoms? Well, when you first get the disease, the the virus, um, you it's all like, like getting the flu. You've got fever and headaches and body aches, okay? And then you suddenly realize that, you know, you can't move. Um, not that I knew about this, because I was, and I've only learned that from reading, um, I was three years old when I contracted polio back in 1950. It was actually a week after my third birthday. And I don't remember anything, so I've just had to learn from what my parents told me. Uh, apparently, I was in the hospital for six weeks. Um, I'm assuming part of that time I was in isolation. Oh mm-hmm. Again, I don't remember. And what is it, the um, iron lung? No, I didn't What's need an iron lung? lung. That's a, 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 another kind of polio that affects the respiratory system, um, bulbar polio, um, but I did not have that. I had another variety. I guess there were three varieties. And um, and when I left, my paralysis was just the lower part of my left leg. So that's the part that I had no, no muscles. So that's quite similar to probably America's most famous polio victim, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. He contracted it at age 39, uh, probably in the uh, late 20s, I believe. And um, he was woke up paralyzed from mm-hmm. the neck down, but eventually regained everything but the use of his legs. Right. It's very erratic. Um, and it's even erratic. You know, the results of it are erratic. Um, the people who contract it, it, there's no rhyme or reason in many cases um, why. Um, one interesting fact I learned recently that surprised me was that um, be, people think it comes from germs and, you know, like 
unsanitary conditions, but it actually, in many cases, it was because in America we were being almost too clean um, because babies apparently can get a natural immunity to this by what's right. in the water. Right. And lots of us were just so clean that we didn't get an immunity. Um, and I just really recently learned that fact. So that's, that surprised that's me. That's pretty so interesting. Which is why it hit, you know, all your, you know, middle class, uh, right. suburban <laughs> and areas. areas. Right, right, as well. right, right, right. And of course now, once the germ is out there, then it really spreads. Uh-huh. So Joe Hausen, we're going Very back to when contagious. you were three years old and you contracted polio. Of course, you don't remember it, but I assume your parents told you about some of the early days of um, your, your uh, disease and, and how it affected you. Um, I assume they were terribly worried. I know, and it took me a long time to finally realize how much it affected them. Um, Because growing up, because I was so young when I got it, it was just who I was and I had it. And and I learned to live with it, basically, and didn't make a big deal out of it. And they didn't make a big deal out of it either. But So it was only in later years that I started realizing... um, when I became a parent, how this must have affected Did them. How I, worried and they I think, must have been at yes. the time. And, and you I, were so young, you were so little and fragile. Correct. To begin with, a three-year-old, my goodness. So you, you, as you said, you grew up with it and you lived with it. Well, what, what are some of the effects that it had on you as you were developing? Okay. Um, first of all, in the beginning, I had therapy. And then um, we ended up going to the Hospital for Special Surgery in New York. They had a special clinic, the Margaret M. Caspery Clinic. And the people there were more inclined to do surgeries. <clears throat> so let's. I started out wearing a brace when I was six. Okay. And this was, you know, one of these clunky old braces that attached to the shoe. And this so, was on your leg? This was on my leg. Okay. And so the first effect really on me was, you know, okay, I have to wear these really clunky shoes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a girl, and that continued to bother me, and it still bothers me that I can't get <laughs> shoes that I want. Um, but that's almost minor. Um, I wore the brace, and then finally, when I was, um, I think it was 1958, the doctors determined they needed to do surgery on my good leg to slow the growth of the good leg, because this would help with the discrepancy between the length of Is it to allow the other leg to to catch up, or it it never would catch up? It never would catch up, but this way the limp wouldn't be as bad. All right. And, of course, by this time, we had the miracle of the Salk and Sabin vaccines. Um, Yes, which came in 1955, and, of course, I was before that. Right. But um, um, did your parents say, gee, why us? Why, you know, we just missed it by a year or two? If they said it, they didn't say it to me. Right. And I don't think I ever said it to myself either, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, which is... Well, that's good. No yeah. feeling sorry for yourself. No, yeah. except I think in later years I learned that my mother did. She she harbored some feelings of guilt, like she did something mm-hmm. wrong. Right. And it took me a while to, to learn about that. She never talked about mm-hmm. that. But mm-hmm. I could tell when I started getting post-polio syndrome symptoms, uh, that's when I learned about her reaction to mm-hmm. the polio. Mm-hmm. Which well, would be natural, I would say, from any parent's viewpoint with a child that had, had any issues when they 
they were younger. Because you, as parents, we want to protect our children against everything mm-hmm. that that's harmful or hurtful at all. So I suppose that that that's a natural thing. But bless yeah. her heart, because right. there's nothing she could have done. No, no. And they were very so. you know supportive in there, and we had to go to the clinic every three months. And they would, all they would mm. do there would be measure me. Uh-huh. Like finally, I had these two, two surgeries. surgeries? Okay. They, they were during the summers, uh-huh. one summer the next, and then the following. Summer, and how old were you again, Joe? Oh, I was about um, 11, 11, 12, and 13 okay. is when I had my surgeries. Uh-huh. But I kept waiting for the last one, which was um, surgery on the bad leg. And mm-hmm. it was an ankle fusion because I had drop foot because the um, my leg was paralyzed. Mm-hmm. So this surgery was going to stabilize my foot. Mm-hmm so that I didn't need to wear a brace. And that's mm. all I was sort of looking for. Now, as a child, did you have to use crutches, a cane, or were you able to run around and have a good time with everybody? I pretty much had a good time. I wasn't well, running. I don't think I ever ran. Um, but um, the brace took care of it. I didn't mm-hmm. need crutches at that point. And then after I had this last operation, um, I didn't need the brace anymore. So I tried to go on with my life. I tried to... I think of it as mainstreaming now, where you just try and be normal. Mm-hmm. Right. And now, were there, speaking of, were there? did you go to school? Did you have any classmates that had had polio? Were you the only kid in school? As far as I know, in my school, I was the only one. But there was one point, I'll back up a little, when I was in um, fourth grade, third grade, actually. And we had to live with my aunt for a year before we were waiting for a new house to be built. And the woman across the street, well, the child across the street was my age. She had polio. I had it in the left leg. She had it in the right leg. And we became friends. And this was my only real encounter with anybody else who had polio. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And there we were, like, limping down the street to the bus stop. You know, the bus Mm -hmm. driver was really a lot of fun with us. Um, And then later, I would see, when I went to college, I'd see people on campus who I knew must have had polio. You could recognize it. But, you know, we would kind of look at each other and smile, but... There was never, nobody ever really wanted to Made interact. it a big deal. Yeah. yeah. I remember yeah. as a Cub avoided. Scout, I remember as a Cub Scout, we went to visit uh, one of our Cub Scouts uh, in the pack who was in an iron lung because he had contracted the severe form of polio. Uh, so it was, it was quite frightening, this machine, you know, it was... Uh, not a uh, happy experience. Well, I'll tell you what. The first time I ever saw one of those apparatuses was at the RI convention, the Rotary International Convention, this past right. spring in New Orleans. And it it is awesome. Yes. I mean, yes. in a kind of eerie way. Right. And I eerie. have since in the past 15, 20 years have read... Uh, it was not until I got post-polio syndrome that mm-hmm. I really got interested in, in polio. polio you know, we're going to talk a bit about this post-polio syndrome, which is something that's newly discovered right after this break. But let me remind our listeners first that they're in tune with Radio Rotary on Hudson Valley Talk Radio and around the world by podcast on iTunes and at www.radiorotary.org. My name is Jonah Trebois, and my co-host is the lovely Sarah O'Connell. And our very special guest is Joe Housem, who is discussing her life with polio. And Sarah, tell us, who brings us Radio Rotary this week? Well, Jonah, Radio Rotary is brought to us by Rotary International, Rotary District 7210, and the Rotary Clubs of Arlington, Pekin. Brewster, Cairo, Congress Valley Cottage, Fishkill, Goshen, Highland, Hyde Park, Kingston, at Kingston Sunrise. And we'll be back with more Radio Rotary after these important messages. Somewhere in the United States, a troubled teenage boy decides he's better off staying in school. Somewhere in India, a child is immunized against polio. 
because somewhere a local Rotary Club has become involved. Whether it's funding scholarships, creating neighborhood centers, or ridding the world of one of its most horrible diseases, Rotary members believe anything is possible. Rotary. Humanity in motion. Visit Rotary.org. Celebrating 100 years of helping others. For information about Rotary in the Hudson Valley, visit www.rotarydistrict7210.org. What would you do if a friend, co-worker, or a loved one collapsed? Calling 911 alone will not be enough. Over 1,000 people a day die from sudden cardiac arrest. Many can be saved with early intervention. HealthSave offers CPR courses on a daily basis at our facility in Rockland County. We'll come to your home or business if you prefer. Call us toll-free at 877-277-6233. That's 877-277-6233. Or visit our website at healthsave.com. That's H-E-A-L-T-H-S-A-V.com. Leave the E off of save for emergencies. CPR training is for everyone. Learn CPR. Become a lifesaver. Manja, manja, manja. It's Conger Valley Cottage Rotary's annual Italian festival, Sunday, October 2nd at Conger Station Park. Little Italy comes to Rockland County. Authentic Italian food, free admission, crafts, specialty vendors, live entertainment, and children's activities. Lots of easy parking, so save the date. That's Sunday, October 2nd for loads of fun at the ever-popular Italian festival. Rain date is October 16th. For more information, visit www. Congressitalianfestival.com. That's www.congressitalianfestival.com. Hudson Valley Talk Radio. Hi, this is Sarah O'Connell, and I would like to welcome you all back to this edition of Radio Rotary. I'm joined by my co-host, Jonah Trebowasser, and today we're talking to a fascinating woman, Joe Hasum. Hasum? Hasum. Hasum, sorry. (laughs) I tried. I tried so hard. And um, you, we've been talking with with you, Joe, about your experiences of living with the effects, the after effects of polio. You were a victim of polio as a small child. And um, in our last segment, we talked about your life as a child, but we were we were kind of walking through it on a timeline as you were developing and growing up and becoming a young woman. What what it, what was that like? Um, in regard to polio, I Again, I was trying to ignore it, but the big factor for me, particularly in the teen years, was, um, you know, I didn't, nobody asked me out on a date, and I always wondered, is that because of my leg? Well, that's that's okay. their mistake, because I can tell our listeners, she's a very attractive young lady, yes, very effervescent, is. very intelligent, oh, and you. has a terrific smile. Thank yeah. you. Unfortunately, you. you can't see any of that on radio. <laughs> Unfortunately. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Well, to make a long story short, in any case, I yeah. did finally date in college and got married and had two children and I now have three grandchildren oh. so and I did go on to to work as well um, as and, a te- and so. what did what did you do professionally or do you do professionally okay right now I'm a library assistant at Vassar College Library um, for a long time I worked at the Millbrook Public Library and I understand that you're a writer you're a, a published poet yes I'm a writer I've had articles and some poetry published and you've won oh, some awards one award for your writing <laughs> 
well, that's very impressive. Well, which shows that you can conquer something like polio and go on to, to great things. I think and what I've a read... a very full life. Yes, and what I read was for most polio, and this was only after I started reading, that we have this tendency to try to excel in ways to compensate for maybe the loss right. of a limb or an arm, whatever. So I think that's... Uh, I think I actually fit the stereotype there for (laughs) trying to use my mind. Let's put it that way. Put it that way, Mm -hmm. yeah. We were talking about, too, you touched on um, there is a newly newly discovered discovered syndrome now called what? Post-polio syndrome, which is, as an adult, the after effects. Even though the the, so tell us what exactly that is. I, I don't know. I'm learning here. It's a vital interest to Rotarians because, uh, as our listeners know, one of the very big pushes in Rotary is the eradication of polio around the world. Uh, Americans are surprised that polio still rears its ugly head in certain poor areas of the world like India and Afghanistan. And we have our Polio Plus campaign to eradicate polio once and for all with the help of Mr. Microsoft, Bill Gates, and the Mm -hmm. Bill Gates Foundation. But recently... uh, People, uh, baby boomers, such as ourselves, uh, the ones that were afflicted with polio, such as yourself, Joe Hausen, uh, are now coming back with something called post-polio syndrome. What's that all about? Okay, this, um, people who've had polio, when they start aging, they're, and everybody has this, their muscles tend to deteriorate. Um, with polio victims, what's happening is they are deteriorating at a much more rapid rate. Back in, I guess it was 1984, where they actually first used the term post-polio syndrome, many people stricken with polio started complaining, going to doctors, complaining about new problems, um, leg weakness, fatigue, which is a big factor, um, and just losing whatever ability they had, and they worried that they were getting polio again. But through research, they discovered that it's not polio, but it's the damage, the late damage coming back as a result of the body aging. The the neurons that were still working somewhat were sort of had auxiliary workers to help you along. And those of us that had like a good leg, we were overusing the good leg. And basically, it's overworked neurons which cause the overworked muscles and they're just giving out. Um, One of the doctors that I saw, Dr. Julie Silver in Boston, compared it to building a house and you've got construction workers and all of a sudden, one by one they start leaving and the other workers are left to do all the work and it gets harder and harder. And they're just worn out. And so I think the fatigue is also attributed to this fact that we're working so much harder just to walk across a room. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And basically that's what it is. There's no um, there's nothing to fix it. Mm -hmm. Um, The what doctors tell you is you just have to do less and modify your lifestyle. Well, it's hard yeah. to believe that you're doing less of anything because you really are an energetic, so energetic and vivacious, yes. vivacious young lady. I take naps every day at work. <laughs> I, I take naps every day, uh, you know, myself because I'm an old guy. He's, Sometimes he's I'm, just saying he's going home after this to take when, a nap. What the listeners don't know We're is when there's, large, when there's large gaps of just Sarah talking, it's because I'm taking a nap right, right here at the microphone. <laughs> we turn the mic off so, so you can't hear him snoring. Joe has him again. <laughs> Seriously, how is it affecting you? Because you are energetic. Vivacious, you know, obviously no, dealing I, with grandchildren and I working. Do, but I have to pace myself, 
And I really do get days where I feel just incredibly weak, just want to stay in bed. Uh Um, And I know I have to rest, and it's just learning how to pace myself, and that's the only way that I can function. Now, I have a quick question. When, after you, you were a child, you contracted polio, you overcame it, um, and therapies and operations and all that type of thing happened to help rehabilitate your hurt leg. But were you vaccinated then? I mean, how does that work? If you've had polio, do you get the vaccination or do you have an immunity to it and don't need it? I would think you have an immunity to it, but I did remember taking the oral Sabin vaccine, which I guess I thought, okay, you know, I discussed it with my parents. It's not going to hurt anything. Maybe we asked our doctor. So I really think that once you get it, you then you have an immunity. Mm -hmm. Now Mm -hmm. with so many of the baby boomers who had polio uh, coming up with this post-polio syndrome, are there uh, support groups? Do you get together and chat with others and, and try and help each other out? Okay. I am not part of a support group, but I realized that that's actually what started um, the interest in post-polio syndrome was people getting together. Um, there are many across the country now that are coming together and and helping each other deal with this. Um, and I think the, the internet has just been invaluable in helping those of us who have this condition uh, understand what's going on, because the doctors do not um, know. Regular physicians, just like the general public, they're not really aware of polio or post-polio. I'm the one who has to go and when I see a doctor and educate them. Well, I was going to say, do you, to do you see a regular doctor for a GP or do you have a specialist? Okay, I just see a regular doctor and f- I do have a physiatrist that I go to, a local physiatrist, because I need a, when I need a prescription for a new brace. Okay, um, I did go to a polio clinic in Boston at the Spalding Rehabilitation Center there um, for a three-day evaluation. Mm. And this was back in 2002, I think it was, yes. And that sort of saved me. I felt like my condition was validated. It's the first time anybody ever asked me questions about polio. I had, um, they measure your muscles Mm. strength Mm -hmm. through some procedure sticking needles in you. Uh, Mm. (laughs) But it shows what's working and what's not not working. working. Because polio, the syndrome, it can look like other things, and it's one of those processes of elimination before Mm -hmm. you can Mm -hmm. finally diagnose it as post-polio syndrome. Now, are there organizations uh, that uh, or websites that you can refer our listeners to just in case someone who's listening today either has post-polio syndrome or knows someone? Yes, I would just go to Google and put in polio, and they will all come up because there are many. I don't have specific ones that I can give you right, right. now. Um, post-polio, you know, polio.org. Um, ro- even the Rotary site has lots of information about pol- that's polio. That's right. That's rotary.org, R-O-T-A-R-Y.org. And for those of you who like to join the fight against polio, look, click on our Polio Plus website or click on our Club Locator button. Type in your hometown and join us for Rotary Meeting. It's terrific. And you can go to Red Hook, where Jonah, That's right. Jonah is a member of the Red Hook Club. Tuesday morning at 730 at the and Apple Day Diner. And be his guest. And I have it on good authority. The food is excellent. The food is excellent. And Joe, you've been to our Rotary Club. Yes. Millbrook. I, yes. I think you've been a speaker. I went. And that was my first first time for actually speaking about my polio. And one thing. Publicly, you Publicly. Mean? And, and who who got who in, um, invited you to do that or encouraged you or 
Oh, sucked well, you I'm in, sure so that, to I'm speak. Sure it had to do with Betty Renner, <laughs> Betty our Renner producer. Sure was involved in that in some way. <laughs> but um, it was a really good for me to finally acknowledge what had uh-huh. happened yes. and to speak about it. Yeah. And I think I'm here basically because I do want others to, to know, know that this is going on. There's like 440,000 polio survivors in wow. the United States today, which surprised me as well. And and not all of them are dealing with this, but I'd say about 50 percent, according to the statistics. So you've got another whole, you know, health issue here to deal with mm-hmm, in terms mm-hmm. of. Um, and you have people. a very, very positive attitude. I'll bet you that's 95 percent of the fact that, you know, you've conquered this that's, not once, but mm, twice because you're a great positive attitude. Thank you. And thank you for joining us on Radio Rotary. OK, thank you. And Sarah O'Connell, tell us, who do you have to thank for bringing us Radio Rotary this week? Well, Jonah, Radio Rotary is sponsored this week by Rotary International, Rotary District 7210 and the Rotary Clubs of Millbrook, Newburgh, New Paltz, North Rockland, Pleasant Valley, Port Jervis, Red Hook, Rhinebeck and Southern Ulster. For my co-host. Sarah O'Connell, our producer, the lovely Betty Renner, and the fabulous Jay Verzi, the Wizard of Engineering. This is Jonah Trebowasa thanking you for joining us and inviting you to join us again next Friday morning at 9 for another edition of Radio Rotary right here on Hudson Valley Talk Radio. After immunizing more than 2 billion children, Rotary Club members are close to wiping polio from the face of the earth. Thanks to a matching grant from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, every dollar Rotary raises will work twice as hard to protect children against polio forever. End polio now. Visit rotary.org slash end polio. World Polio Day, October 24th, reminds us that we're this close to eradicating polio worldwide. Help Rotary achieve a polio-free world. Join Red Hook Rotary for their annual Citizen of the Year Dinner, honoring longtime Rotarian and community volunteer Nikki Weaver at the Red Hook Firehouse, Tuesday, October 25th at 6.15 p.m. The cost is just $40 per person and includes a fabulous dinner and a fun time. Tickets are available from any Red Hook Rotarian or call Carl Dowden at 845-876-4831. That's 845-876-4831. 